Welcome everyone to episode 23, Jumpman Jordan episode um, of Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. You know, every every time I do that, I want to be more Toddy P. I want to be more Pettingill. I need to channel the Pettingill. When yeah, I'm Welcome everyone. Toddy, yeah. You know, talk about Toddy P. You know, we, I need to channel him. It's uh, but yeah, I'm I'm Chris Dredd here with the main man JB. Um, you know. What's good in the hood, bruv? What is good in the hood? Much more quiet week than last week. Let's just yeah. say, you know, yeah. <laughs> things things have started to slow down a little bit, and that's that's nice for that's nice for me anyway. It's not been as manic of a week, which meant I, you know, which meant we're actually on time to review a show for a change. Yeah, man, fucking a. <laughs> it means I've got to sit down. I've got to watch this show in particular. You know, thank everyone that watched our Halloween special. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of laughs. We had a few comments as well. You yeah, know, I, I tell you, I tell you, I also had time this week to watch um, some other bits on the network, and you suggested watching that Mortician, the yeah. uh, Paul Bearer thing. Fucking great documentary, dude. Good shout on that. They um, are very good with their documentaries. I'll give WWE that. It one. was great. And yeah. you know what's funny though, with that Mortician documentary do you remember when he died and they did that whole angle with cm punk and cm punk had the urn and it was like oh you know yeah, he and dressed it, up didn't he yeah, yeah and it was fucking crazy because i swear even paul bearer's um family said that nah, it was a little bit close do you know what i mean like they they weren't quite happy with how it went down and that do you know what i mean but then in that documentary they kind of kind of justifying it by saying look you know he, Bill would have loved it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and to yeah. be fair, you know, he probably would have enjoyed it. You know, he, but to, at the to time, us, let's be honest, he's Percy, isn't he? So he's, per, you know, it, and that's the thing, you know. And it, uh, but really good documentary, dude. Because I was chatting to Jordan like when we was at work the other day. We had a bit of time. We had a nice long old chat um, on the old um, Facebook Messenger chat or whatever, and it, we were chatting about a few bits and bobs. And uh, he told me about. Oh, he said, oh, "Have you watched that?" I said, "No." And then I watched it, and it was sick. So a nice one, Jay. And uh, yes, the amount of wrestling we talk on that, we probably could record that as well. Yeah, it's true, man. And I'll tell you what, can we just say as well quickly, like, and we haven't spoken, but we, I mean, we have spoken about this, but we didn't speak about it just then. And it's just popped into my head, like, this is episode 23 of this podcast. And we're yeah. just like two, two dudes, okay? We just love wrestling we sit and shoot the shit over it we watch a pay-per-view we, we you know we try and have a laugh when we're doing it and in the whole time we've been doing this we never thought that uh you know that that we would mean anything to anyone we thought you know we're just a couple of dudes chatting shit no one would probably listen but fuck it we're gonna do it anyway because it's what we like but you know we we do want to just say thanks to everybody who, who listens to this and um a shout out to one particular person. We're not going to mention their name, but they reached out to us uh, in in the 
Instagram, was it? Message, weren't it? Was it? Instagram, yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we obviously, we won't mention them, but we know you're listening and uh, we really love the fact that you love what we're doing and we just want to say thanks, you know, for, for listening and, and um, we're very grateful that we could be of any help to anybody at any time. Um, you know, we, we like I say, we're just two dudes shooting the shit. We never thought that we would help anyone get through, through tough times. And um, apparently we do do that. So shout out to everybody who's listening and we're just going to keep doing it. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing, whether you like it, or whether you don't like it. It may not be the greatest thing going today, but it is chat grapple and yeah. cheap pops. So here we move. Fuck it, fuck yeah. Um, as usual, you know, remember it is free to subscribe. We don't charge you, we don't have Patreon, we don't have none of that stuff. We choose not to because no one would probably pay us anyway, but that's right. <laughs> no, but there's there's too many there's too many people asking for money off people. You know what I mean? For 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 stuff. You know, we we're not we haven't got a Patreon. We haven't got none of that shit. But what we will we will we don't want to take your money, but we do want to take YouTube's money and various advertisers' money. We do want that. Okay, so do a little subscribe, ting the little bell, right? You don't even have to get notifications of when our videos pop up. Just just click the bell. It is absolutely free. Do it now. Do it right. No, don't do it late. Do it right now. Just just touch it. It's there. Okay. What Brilliant. he's saying do is it. touch his bell. Touch, touch my bell, <laughs> dude. Dragging <laughs> this into the gutter, and I fucking love it. It's early. Touch it's my early. bell. Yeah. Touch both our bells. Do it now. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what we want you to do like i say we won't take your money we've got no patreon we don't want shit from you apart from your ears that's all we need but we will take youtube's money but in order to do that we need some more subscribers so please do a little subscribe touch our bells and on that note <laughs> and George. as well you can also catch us on pretty much every podcast medium there is you know i i've Every week I forget where they are. I forget which ones they are. All I remember is Apple, Spotify, Podbean. That's it. <laughs> We're on all of them. Podbean, yeah. Spotify, Deezer, CastBox, Listen Notes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, the whole fucking shit. We're even on a website called The Daily Smart. And you know how much me and Jordan love them smart marks. Smart marks. <laughs> um before we get into our main show, obviously we have, you know, we like to talk about a little bit of news, something that popped up on Friday night just before SmackDown. Uh, Thea Trinidad or Zelina Vega, as most of you know, um, was released on Friday. Before the release announcement, she did say that she was in favour of unionisation. And this was maybe 10 minutes before the release announcement. So I'm pretty sure she wasn't being punished for that. We're, we're sort of in agreement that she was told before this. Yeah, pretty sure. Um, she was a big advocate of keeping her Twitch channel to herself and possibly OnlyFans. I'm not sure about she's, that one. 
She's got an OnlyFans. She has got an OnlyFans. It's a non-nude non one, isn't it? But it's a non-nude one. Yeah. It does say, um, you know, 10 by 8s available, um, you know, no nude shots or anything like that. I mean, her husband works for WWE as well. Um, yeah, Alistair Black. You know, Alistair Black, who's probably going to get fucking buried now. Uh, but um, <laughs> Yes and no. I mean, he's been off telly for a bit anyway. He's not been doing a lot anyway. So, I mean, it couldn't get much worse for him. No, uh, it's almost almost like the Lana business, but Lana got given a documentary, so she's got a yeah. one I mean, coming on the network. So you can't really judge it at the minute. It's within within minutes, the AEW fans were like, "Yeah, she's going to sign to AEW." I'm surprised there wasn't a meme put out that says, "You know, she is all elite." There was, know? there there already was. was. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I fucking this. Selena is all elite. Um, she obviously has some history with TNA and Impact. Uh, she was there. Who knows? I mean, I thought she was pretty good, especially on NXT when she was with Andrade. But she's great on the stick. She could work some. Um, to be honest, it is again. I think it is a kick in the bollocks. They've kicked themselves in the bollocks. Um, WWE have. Just yeah. because they're being greedy bastards. Um, there's no need, you know, there's no need to be releasing people because they want to keep a little bit of extracurricular, um, side That's right. you know, side hustle. I here's, mean, here's, fuck. Here's the thing. Unless your side hustle involves, you know, what old Hebner was doing. Yeah. Or hardcore pornography. Yeah. You then, know. You know, leave them to it. Like... Let them crack no, on. They're still, they're still grafting on your show. They're still putting everything into being a wrestler. Like, doesn't doesn't Paige them, doesn't Paige have? Games, yeah, <laughs> Paige she, has she, a Twitch. Yeah, she has a Twitch account. Yeah. But what has she done with that then? Because this is another thing. Like, does, is she? I mean, is she giving a percentage of the revenue to Uncle Vinny? It, I mean, how does that work? Out is to be the same with um, with Xavier Woods and his one. Or Austin Creed, you know, the up, up, down, down, or whatever it is. Yeah, you know, his, I mean, there's got to be, you yeah. know, that maybe they've said, all right, we'll we'll give you a percentage of the revenue or something, or like maybe AJ Styles and that just shut theirs down. Really? Yeah, they just closed it down. They couldn't be dealing with that. But that's fucked, man. That's what we call fuckery. That is what we call fuckery. That is, you know, again, they they don't need the money. They don't need the money, um, WWE, you know, but well, these guys... They, they also, you know, they got rid of Tony Chimmel uh, earlier on in that week. A very, very loyal servant to the company, known later on for his ridiculous uh, introductions of Edge. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I always found him quite funny. Yeah. But, yeah, they got rid of Chimmel. I'm surprised there wasn't a meme from the AEW fans of Chimmel being all elite as well. Chimmel <laughs> is all elite. Don't, man. We're, <laughs> we're digging them out. We ain't even started. <laughs> it's, too, it's early. Yeah, I know. It's too early, man. It's um, early. It's cool. Before we skip on to, you know, AEW, because that is coming up next, um, it, is, it has been 15 years since Eddie Guerrero passed away. Like, and that's, that time's just gone. Like, that's flown. And he's, but he's still my pappy. So yeah, yeah. We I remember we did we did talk about our favorite Eddie Guerrero matches a little while ago. Um, not going to go over that again. I mean, 
although I did see, like, I was wondering why, because they were talking about online about, you know, you know, the, it was WWE on Fox, I think it was on Twitter saying, you know, best, you know, who could have feuded with the Undertaker that didn't? And it was Eddie Guerrero. Why didn't he feud with the Undertaker? I mean, he would have been, that would have been great, man. I mean, fuck, you, you, you know. Imagine Eddie stealing that hearse. Oh, dude, you know, put in, you know what he could have done? St- stolen it, put some hydraulics and that on it. Fuck that! That would have been the that would have been the shit. Yeah, we don't really talk a lot about sort of like dream fantasy booking and stuff because that's just no. not what we do. But I mean, Eddie stealing a hearse would have been something else. You know, we we don't talk about dream matches either. You know, like um, really, I, I see it all the time on Facebook groups and on Twitter and that. You know, my my only dream match that I would have always liked, liked to see, and I think I'm not the only one that, to say it, would be Bret the Hitman Hart versus Kurt Angle. Yeah, yeah, we have. Spoken I think about that, that, you know, that that to me would have been because those two guys when they were in the ring, it was always the that my disbelief was suspended as suspended as could be. You know, like when you're watching Bret Hart or you're watching Kurt Angle, it's like, it, to, to quote to quote a guy, it was real to me, damn it. Well, I mean, you say that, but there were matches that we never got to see as well. We never got to see Mr. America against Hulk Hogan. We yeah, never got to correct. see, you know, we never got to see Mabel against Viscera. These were, you know, big time players. It's true. Big we matches. never got to see Shanghai Pierce versus fucking... Shanghai against the what versus am- the Godwins. That would I mean, what a dream match is that? <laughs> Sorry, we're cracking ourselves up. Yeah, but, um, um, yeah. I will apologise. We are we are having some fun here already. Um, <laughs> we will move on to AEW. Um, we spoke last week, just last week, about not hot shotting the Moxley Omega Championship match for a ratings bump. We said this. We almost begged them not to do it. Yeah. Um, don't stick it on dynamite. Build it in February. Let it let it do its thing. Like they're doing it on dynamite. They can't build shit. They cannot. That build, one hurt my feelings a little bit. They can't build nothing. You know what? Right. I I I watched um, a bit of New Japan stuff and that you know. And you saw, um, you know, the Omega Okada feud that they were having years ago. Very good. I mean, how long did that last? A long time. You know, you have to... But the problem is... And I'll... Right. Sorry. I'm I'm, I'm going in. It's the ratings bump. That's it. It's a ratings bump. But for fucking what? For one week. Yeah. One week, you might get a higher rating than, than... NXT, but then they, next they week get, they get it most weeks. It's not a, it's not really much of a. So why do they need to do it? This is again, they're gonna try and do some kind of weird. I mean, I like I say, I'm I'm fucking flab, I'm flabbergasted because I personally don't think Moxley's reign has been great at all. I think it's been dog shit. I think it's been boring. I think it's just been like, meh. The Moxley marks of AEW have got into the brain of the bookers at AEW and basically mm-hmm. they've just kept the strap on Moxley. For, so who, for who, had, who had six minutes? Six minutes, dude. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Like, and, and, and this is the thing. Disclaimer, okay? We do not, on this podcast, 
shit on AEW just for the sake of shitting on AEW. And I'll tell you why we shit on it, okay? Because we want it to be good, right? We want it, we want it to be great, okay? When AEW first was announced, right? Dude, I got a fucking chubby on, mate. I was fucking... Dude, when they announced there was going to be another wrestling promotion and it was going to be run by Cody Rhodes, Chris Jericho, fucking JR's going to be there. Like, dude, I was getting a chubby on. I was thinking, boy, yes, amazing. It had Tony Schiavone. It, it, had... it, was, it was taking us back to, you know, the mid-90s, wasn't it? You know, dude, yeah. I was getting like... Oh, dude, and they're mentioning TNT, and they'll, I was getting WCW hard-ons, mate. And it was like, right, well, this needs to be good. This needs to be good. It needs to be done correctly. It needs to be kind of... It, it, it just needs to be good, right? And when it started, you can obviously think, okay, you know... Teething problems aside, maybe with production, maybe with the lack of talent or whatever that they were trying to bring through their own guys and stuff. There's you know, there was, the, but there's talent there. But obviously, you know, you were going to get a botch here, a botch there. You were going to get some ex WWE guys. You might have got some older talent coming in. Um, but you know, we know how it is when you're starting a promotion. Like what happened with TNA when TNA started, bro. Turning point, two thousand and four. Okay. You've got that on the bootleg tape, okay? Bootleg tape. Bruv, when you watch Turning Point 2004, you have got Jeff Jarrett, you have got, uh, we're looking at him staring us in the face here, Kevin Nash. You had Scott Hall dressed like fucking Elvis impersonators, yeah? And Macho Man turns up, okay? But then you had the younger guys, you had your AJ Styles, you had your Christopher Daniels, you had your, your younger guys there. You look so, yeah, all that. You know, you, yeah. you were going to... ridiculous and this is, cage match. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. we knew that with AEW, okay, you had Chris Jericho, you were going to have some older guys there, and you were going to then have their up-and-coming guys coming through. But as time has gone on, you know, we... I've, I've just become, I'm just speaking for me personally. I'm not speaking for Jordan, but as weeks have gone on, it's like the AEW fans are kind of just basically allowing anything that AEW does just because they're an alternative to WWE. So it's like they can do no wrong in, 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 their, in their eyes. So they're just literally like, Anything that happens, oh, that was fucking great. Oh, this was fucking great. Oh, that was the greatest pay-per-view ever. Oh, this was their best dynamite ever. Or blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you need to just stop. They need to stop looking at stuff with rose-tinted spectacles. And they need to be a little bit more realistic and just say, look, it's been disappointing. It has been, for me, it's been disappointing. And that hurts me. I don't want to shit on AEW. I wanted it to be so good. I Don't get me wrong, man. I was there straight away. I was queuing up in line with a with a semi on, waiting for it to just be good. Well, and I'll say I'll say this. I mean, I genuinely cannot wait for you know for them to fight to all this lockdown crap to be finished and for AW to announce that they are going to be in the UK. I'll go, because, bro. Because you can, you know, I can't remember how much like Wembley Arena holds anymore. Like what, say twelve thousand for a show. Imagine that 12,000 singing Jericho song. Like, that'll just be insane. That'll be, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I mean it, it'll be way better than any American crowd. 
way better. Bro, yeah, tr- trust <laughs> me, dude. The, the English wrestling crowd, all right? We've got a lot of English people watching us. We got, uh, I'm, I'm assuming we've got a lot of American, Canadian people watching us, right? Ask any wrestlers from America when they come over. The English crowds are rabid, bro. We're crazy because yeah. we come from we come from that um, that culture of like football fans, yeah. So you know the chants and, and all that kind of stuff is crazy, bro. You know, like when when you go to a wrestling show in England, it is like football chants. It's crazy, like. You know, we're, we're, we're like a Philly crowd. Like, wherever you go in the UK, it's like a, we're a Philly crowd. So, you know, and don't get that, like like Jordan says, as soon as this fucking corona bullshit's over and they announce an AEW tour, don't get it twisted, man. We might shit on them every week, but we'll probably be there, dude. Like, I, I mean, I'm there just for MJF. I want him to flip me off and call me a prick. Like, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for that, dude. I'll mark out. You know that's fine. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm actually looking forward to um, stuff that, that that is going to be coming up. I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with the inner circle and all that kind of stuff with MJF. And I hope they just start building stuff. I'm also looking forward to um, something that I think Jordan was going to mention: uh, their newcomer, a new lady that uh, came. Yes, into, we will. We will get to that. Uh, uh, AEW. I'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with her. Um, you know, but it's just to me. They're, again, we spoke about it last week in the same way. They're popping the boys. They're they're trying to pop the marks, yeah. And they shouldn't. They should they should just slow down a little bit, build stuff up, and and don't try and pop these online marks and stop the Meltzer marks. You know, it, it's that's a good it. segue, man, because um, we have to move on to something involving Meltzer. It's the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which uh, inducted Kenny Omega. This week, um, what? Oh man! Uh, for reference, here, Sting is not in this. He's not in their Hall of Fame. Kenny Omega has just been inducted into the. Well, it's the Meltzer Hall of Fame. Like, what a joke, man! Like, that's it. Like, I, I'll let everyone else make up their mind on this. Yes, Kenny Omega is, you know, very good. He's, you know, does some, had some absolute belters in Japan. Dude, he, he's had some cracking matches in Japan. There are many, many videos on YouTube where you can look at the feud that he had with Okada, and some of those matches are absolutely fucking insane. And even Okada gives him credit and says, look, you know, this guy doesn't give up, he doesn't quit, you know, he's a tough son of a bitch. Yes, he is. He's all those things. Um, you know, but like Jordan saying... Uh, He's Come not, on, why are you putting him in the Hall of Fame? Like, or that Hall of Fame? It's, it's, I'm guessing it's not really a Hall of Fame. It's just something, probably something to annoy people, just to push some buttons. Like, but yeah, that's a joke. But we will, I will quickly jump onto the plus side, you know, and this is definitely a shout out here. Brandy Rhodes, what a fucking promo. Yeah, man, but people were shitting on it as well. I dude. Know. Now, this <laughs> is my, my main problem with this. People said, oh, it felt forced. What's she going to do? Come out there and go, oh, why are you standing there talking? She, of course it's going to be forced. She's angry. I read a comment. It's got to be aggressive. Right. I, I read a comment on an AED... Yeah, fuck. <laughs> I read a comment, right, on an AEW group, okay? We're talking about Jade Cargill coming out, talking talking to Cody Rhodes and saying this, this, and this to him and then walking off, okay? I, I will say she called herself the total package, which... Yeah, I was going to... a little bit. Dude, but she popped me on that one. Yeah. I popped on that dude hard. I was like, fuck, man, they've got Luger. 
Where is he? <laughs> He's going to come walking in like Mall of America. What's going on? Where is he? Um, but no, she popped me on that one, 100%. But um, I read a comment on the AEW group on Facebook. And one guy commented, oh, I can't believe Brandy's done that. Come out and started attacking the new talent. I'm like, bruv, do you know this is a fucking work? Like, what the fuck? Like, oh, shit. Okay. Of course, like, of course. Still real to them. But, mate, and my brain frazzled on that one. It's like, you know, just watch it for what you're watching, okay? Jade Cargill's come out. She was touching Cody as well, wasn't she? You know, touching his chest, touched his back and all that. And then Brandy Rhodes has obviously come out and said, you know, fucking, she had me at ratchet trifling. Trifling, up. yeah. You know, she had me. And if people don't know what that means, then, you know, Urban Dictionary yeah. is, is is there, but you know if you're a trifling hoe, you know you're 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 trying to canoodle, you're trying to fricker with, with also with called a heifer, and she called it heifer. That bro, that was the bar. That was the bar. That was it. It was a great promo, and I kind of hope that she brings that sort of fire to the rest of her promos, like especially with you know cargo in particular. This this could be like you're already invested now. You want to see it. where it goes next. That was, it's a promo that was so good, you're happy to just go, right, okay, I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> but do you know what's going to happen, dude? And we again, we're going to predict the future. I hope it doesn't happen. But literally within two weeks, you will have a match with them two on Dynamite. I hope. I hope not. I hope like they, you know, the best thing they could do on Dynamite is a mixed tag. The, what, they should, what they should do first, maybe, is just... Just build it slowly. Few more promos, mate. You know, have some more. You know, fuck, man. We could book it here. You know, Cargill turn, turning up at, at Brandy's house or whatever. You know, or you know, obviously Cargill's the heel in this at the moment. Um, That's the thing with people in authority; they end up getting booed. So, well, but you know, another thing as well. And this is my last word on AEW. Okay. They don't know the psychology is fucked, okay? Because you don't know Healy, Facey, Facey's doing Healy stuff, Healy doing Facey things. You, they they have got it all ass about face. That is my one major gripe with AEW. They 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 almost you know they almost turned MJF face during the match against Moxley. That was how that's the thing that really got to me. It's like. You know, Moxley trying to be the fucking tough guy, you know, beating the fuck out of MJF and him just keep coming back, coming back, coming back. They almost gave MJF yeah, was, a um, face turn during the match. Yeah, it, was, and it, that reminded, was me of, it reminded me of Disco Inferno booking against Dean Malenko. Yeah, dude. It's true. The comebacks, man. You know what I mean? It was like... The fans that, get the behind home- that. They yeah, do. and fans do get behind it, but but it seems like the bookers at AEW have actually forgot how wrestling psychology works, because I think maybe they're letting people like Moxley book the matches too much, you know, and have too much input on things that happen. But that's just me. Like I say, I attack Moxley every single week, so I need to just stop. <laughs> With that, we will take a hop, skip, and a jump towards the Baltimore Arena. And uh, we're going to hit the 30-minute countdown show first. Oh, so dude, yes. Just Let's... 
Todd Pettingill in. I just could not believe they, they gave the man a live mic for almost 30 minutes. And he, and he kept going. Bro, I'm telling you, right? Okay. Sometimes Jordan take, takes clips and puts them on, on, on Twitter and things like that. Okay. JB, bruv, I beg you, yeah. Take this little clip where I'm gonna I'm gonna say now, put it on Twitter and we are gonna tag Todd Pettengill or we're gonna find him on Instagram and we're gonna he's fucking do this. Yeah, he is. Okay, there. right. Todd Pettengill, bro, please come on this show. Let us talk to you for even 10, 15, 20 minutes, bro. <laughs> we literally, you are, like Jordan said, you are the god of pre-shows. You are the live TV god, mate. Like, yeah. you know. WrestleMania 11 pre-show was absolutely off the chain. King of the Ring 1994 pre-show, absolutely off the chain. They give you a mic for half an hour and you are just spot on. Yeah. Just absolutely rock solid. I'd love to know how many he sold on his own there as well. Dude, I'm telling you, I just loved it, you know, and the fact he was like, when he was like, yeah, after 30 minutes, when that counter gets to zero, what are you going to see? Yeah, you know, it's like, dude, you're the man, Todd Pettengill. Please come on this show. We love you. You are, you are wrestling of a certain era. Yeah, that that mid nineties. I mean, he hosted WWF Mania as well and stuff like that. Like he was, oh yeah, Todd was. Uh, Todd was Tony P. different. Yeah, like the Pettengill. Uh, this countdown show, it didn't have a lot like in you know, with action and stuff. It showed us how everyone qualified. You had a couple of cuts to uh, Johnny Polo, who kept calling him Todd Peckinpah. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, Randy Savage and Vince do some predictions for the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, Johnny Polo interviews Mabel, which I thought was quite good. Like, Mabel showed a little bit of charisma here. I quite liked it. I really like Mabel. Mabel's got a good promo in the actual King of the Ring show as well. Does, yeah. You know, it, it's... um. That is include that involves Toddy P as well, um, um, on on the show. There's a there's a match that goes on. They don't show it, but uh, Thurman Sparky Plug or Bob Holly <laughs> takes on Quang, and I'm pretty sure Plug gets the win, but I'm not sure. I don't know how, um, because after that, there's a massive pop because the, one of the commentators is coming out. It's Randy Savage, and Todd is there with his mic as well, like in the middle of the entranceway, waiting for Randy. He catches up with him for a second. Like, it's a really good, like, countdown show. I I wish we could find more of these. It's great. I mean, I'd like it. I mean, I'd like it if they put them on the network. network It bugs me. We don't get the free-for-alls. We don't get the countdown shows. I mean, there's, there's lots of stuff that, you know, we could always ask for. But yeah, that was our 30 minute countdown. It is, like I said, it's the Baltimore Arena. It's 12,000 people inside. It gets 185,000 buys on pay per view, which is quite low. Yeah. But they would get outstripped by WCW Bash at the Beach the next month because it is the debut of Hulk Hogan. Or in ring debut of Hulk Hogan at Bash at the Beach, where he takes on Ric Flair. Um, <clears throat> And this is something that WWF tries to take shots at with the new generation video stuff. Because yeah. 
it's out with the old and in with the new and in the old bit Hulk Hogan there's pictures of Hogan there's Andre the Giant and a couple of others and the Sheik Iron yeah, Sheik Iron Sheik but then you know what cracks me up as well in the new generation they've got um, Razor Ramon and literally within months he'd be gone as well only two years was it two years? yeah two years no nah, because he what 95 uh, no he skips to WCW 96 Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Now, this is a diff- very different version of WWE Network because we start with a Coliseum video exclusive. And it's it's quite funny because they're at the board where they've got the uh, the tournament bracket for the King of the Ring. And it's <clears> Jeff <throat> Jarrett, Owen Hart, Bam Bam Bigelow, IRS, all arguing over who's going to win. And it is, it's quite funny. They all keep moving their names forward on the boards to, you know, who's going to win the tournament. And, I thought it was quite good. It's a. Uh, it was great. It's. You know, I mean, heels doing heel stuff, arguing. Yeah, I mean, this is the second annual King of the Ring, so this is the only the second time that this has been. Second time it's know, been on pay per view. Yeah. Second right. time it's been on pay per view. The first one, nineteen ninety three, King of the Ring, was won by Bret the Hitman Hart. Three great matches. Really good matches. Um. We, we'll probably, I'd like to do the 90, because, I mean, it, it was a toss-up, weren't it, that we were going to do 93 or 94 King of the mm-hmm. Ring? Yeah, we did there. Uh... Um, because I've, I've got the 93 King of the Ring on VHS, uh, the first ever one. So, I mean, that'll be that'll be nice for us to do that at some point. But for, for me, I really enjoyed the, the whole concept of the King of the Ring. Um, I, I don't know when they stopped doing it. What, are we looking like 2004? Yeah, I think it only sort of came back as more as a special because, you know, eventually we get King Booker and King Regal and stuff like that. One one of my favourite King of the Rings is, is will always be 2001 King of the Ring where you had that slobber knocker from um, the street fight Shane Nomack versus Kurt Angle. Yeah, that was a... One of the most brutal. Oh, dude, that match was absolutely incredible. Um, You know, we will do 2001 King of the Ring. I've got that on VHS as well. So we'll we'll do that because, like I say, the whole concept of King of the Ring is, you know, these guys, whoever wins the King of the Ring has to have three matches during the night. And let's face it, that that is a tough spot, you know, well, we've, we've either way before in sending someone out in front of the crowd two or three times, you know, do they lose their appeal a little bit by coming out that many times in front of a live crowd? And it doesn't feel like this happens at the King of the Ring, especially in 1994. It seems like it's a pretty hot crowd. They're into it. They're enjoying it. And they, the guys that keep coming out for the net, for their, you know, their next round or whatever, it just looks... You know, the fans still enjoy seeing them come out, still pop for them. It was a, it was well, well put, well put together. It's good, man. It's good. And because there's some good, good characters in this. Except for the main good, Really good. Re- yeah. <laughs> really good, really good characters. Um, if I had a pound for every time that Gorilla Monsoon said, uh, holy mackerel, in this um, in this pay per view, I'd be a very rich man. Um, 
Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the commentary booth at some point because it is it's something else. Um, Ricky, it's very weird, but funny. Ricky Medlock from the band Blackfoot. Ever heard of him? No. Me neither. Seems the national anthem. And then uh, we cut down to Gorilla Monsoon, Randy Savage and Art Donovan as our three-man team. Uh, Vince was prepping for his steroid trial at this point. He also had a little bit of surgery on his neck. He was away from this show. Um, Art Donovan played in the NFL. Uh, he played for the Baltimore Colts, which is neither the Baltimore Ravens or the Indianapolis Colts. So it must have been a thing. In the, and he played for them. This is how old he must be at this point. He played for them in the 50s. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's um, fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so Art Donovan is, I guess, he's a bit of a Baltimore legend. But sticking on commentary was a terrible idea, and it had it had its moments, bro. It, it had its moments. Good one-liners, yeah. I mean, it was those, more those weird botches that you would see on Botchmania and stuff like that. That they always go to, oh, how much did he weigh? How much does this guy weigh? You know, but he does have some other one-liners in there that do seem to pop Randy a little bit. They pop they Randy, pop man. It's true. It's true, man. Um. You know, it, it, he pops Randy a couple of times, and Randy's got some fucking great one-liners back to him as well. Um, <laughs> but so just before the national anthem, you also had Todd Pettengill. All praise be to the Pettengill. Um, we 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 had a great intro from Todd Pettengill as well, explaining how the King of the Ring works. You know, blah blah blah, and it's just it was just amazing. Then yeah, we've got the uh, national anthem. Then we cut to Gorilla Monsoon, Macho Man Randy Savage and Art Donovan. And um, we get into the first match. Our which first is... match, yeah. Now, this is, this is good. Bam Bam Bigelow with his main squeeze as, he was in, as it was introduced. Luna Vachon, yeah. Razor Ramon. Um, Bam Bam was the finalist last year. He lost to Bret Hart in a cracking match. You know, you can't... We spoke about Bam Bam before. We spoke about him in one of our first episodes, I think, where he main evented WrestleMania 11. Uh, no, yeah, but, a... but also he he actually pulled the main event together in the first ever Survivor Series in 1987. He did. It was yeah. he was on Team Hogan, and he actually just he basically single handedly um, fought the last. Yeah, he, he bumped his ass off, worked his ass off in that main event, which you can see it needs to get a few more views, our first ever video. So if one. you go back, go back to our archives, it is the first ever Survivor Series, 1987. Go and watch it back in our videos. But in that you see in the main event. Tell, tell, us, tell us if you've improved or not as well since episode one. <laughs> yeah, man, why not? Go back and fucking let us know if we've got worse. <laughs> There's, but, um, some, there's I, some good stuff in this. I really like this match. Um, I've got a little bit of memorabilia, if that's fine. Do it. Uh, hold up. We always love a bit of memorabilia on this show. It's I haven't got a lot of memorabilia around this time. because I don't, I don't remember there being much around 94. Um, right. There was... Was, was that the, the time they kind of stopped... The Hasbro's was it like the last, oh, yeah. the last season of the Hasbro's was around ninety four, ninety three, ninety four. Yeah, because it had Ludwig Borger and one two three kid. Yeah, they're the ones that are kind of more sought after. They're a little bit rarer. 
um, that that series, the, uh, the those cards. But I'm a huge, I'm a huge Scott Hall fan. I, I, I mean, I love Scott Hall. Um, and Razor Ramon, when I was growing up, was I used to love him, man. I used to love Razor Ramon. I thought he was great. Um, and I'm not a huge WWE pop guy. But when I saw this, I had to get it. And it's a Razor Ramon pop. Yeah, that's it. Put that, get that closer to the screen. Um, yeah, it's Funko Pops, Razor Ramon. It is a, it's a beaut there. And I've, I've also got a classic piece of wrestling memorabilia. The Razor Ramon Hasbro. Hasbro with the chains. You've got the chains still as well. Yeah. Nah. There you go. No, no replica originals. Um, Razor Ramon. And if I remember, um, IRS just before this tournament, um, a little while before, actually stole Razor Ramon's chains, didn't he? He did. He stole the chains, and I don't know. Took said he was a like a tax office or whatever. Yeah, he said he was a tax cheat, and that, and uh, he was just repossessing them. But yeah, we'll get to that because that comes up later on. But. Um, a huge fan of Razor Ramon. At this point, Razor Ramon was, he, he was a great talent. He, he, he literally had it all. Um, you know, he, he had the look, he had the the, the chat on the mic, uh, he could he's work in probably, the ring. Probably, and this this would be a bit, bit, of a, bit of a take, he's probably the number two babyface in the company. 100%, bro. Number one babyface is probably Brett Hitman Hart. Yeah, at this Brett point. is number one. Um, as far as... You know, number two, I'm not counting Piper because he's part-time. Yep. Savage is not wrestling, although he gets, mm-hmm. you know, he's ridiculous pop for Savage. Um, yeah, Razor's, Razor's in at number two. I mean, one, two, three kid was a pretty hot face at this point as well. Yeah, it was. Um, because, I mean, we, we, this is this is after WrestleMania 10. Yes, and then we and we proceed to WrestleMania 11, where uh, uh, Razor Ramon would fight Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental Championship, yeah. uh, and One Two Three Kid was in Razor Ramon's corner. That was quite. They were a nice Mona. little face. Yeah. The yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, at, at this time, like you're saying, yeah, easily the number two heel, um, number two face in the in the company was Razor Ramon. Yeah. Um, who, who was the Intercontinental Champion at this time? It was Diesel, weren't Diesel, it? Diesel holds the Intercontinental title, yeah, at this point. It is, uh, That's right, Diesel has it. Brett is champion versus champion, but yeah, like we'll we'll move, we'll go back to Bam Bam and Razor. Um, Bam yeah. Bam's in control, he misses his flying headbutt. Um, they're talking about the possibility of a wedding between Bam Bam and Luna, and uh, Rilla <laughs> asks Randy if he's going, and Randy just says, I don't do weddings. Yeah, yeah, that are oh, completely deadpan as well. It's yeah, so funny. It's really like, good. yeah, don't do weddings. It was, bro, I had, I popped for that man massively. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Razor, in the beginning of the match, he like, I mean, Luna's just going crazy in his face. And he like, you know, bro, you know, I love Luna Vachon, man. I can't, I can't say it enough, you know. Real life, uh, former wife of my favorite wrestler, Gangrel. Uh, shout out to Dave Gangrel. Um, you know she's just amazing, Luna. When when she's when she's involved in something, she gives it a hundred and ten percent. She lives it. Um, Razor toothpicks her, 
and then, uh, you know, Bam Bam goes at him. Art Donovan turns around and says, ah, oh, I don't know if I can watch this. This is pretty brutal. And Macho Man, with, without missing a heartbeat, right, he turns around and goes, don't worry, just hold my hand. I'll get you through it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, literally, without missing a heartbeat, it, it, the way, you know, and it's one of them things, like I say, Art Donovan, he does say some some weird things during during the uh, commentary, but he's clearly not up with the product. He's not. He's no. just been, he's been brought in, yeah, to pop. But it, at one point, when when Shawn Michaels is like, it's like oh, who's that guy? <laughs> he goes, Former Intercontinental Champion. He's one of the best, you know. Yeah. Like he's like, oh, who's that guy? Who's this guy? Like it was just his class. It was good. Um, there's big razor chance in the middle of this match. There's an enziguri from Bam Bam. Which is just brilliant. The guy's massive, and he's throwing himself dude, up for them. Absolutely. Um, and this was this is where I really liked it because they they were wrestling, and it's not like he's he's got he's got Razor in a torture rack, which um, you know Lex Luger's finishing move in the WCW in the late nineties, <clears> but the torture rack. But he's also selling that the torture rack is tiring him out, tiring himself out. Yeah, because he's got Razor up on his shoulders, and it's essentially what you know beats him. It it was great. It's I tired. mean, yeah. Even the commentary team, even I mean, don't get me wrong as well. Macho Man didn't really want to be in the commentary team at this point. I don't he think. No. But he was bloody good. I actually really liked Macho Man uh, on commentary because he would still. Because he knows the business and he knows the psychology, and he was still you know, pushing for that feud with Shawn Michaels. And they, there's a little bit of a, little bit yeah. of a nod to it, like later on in the show. Um, but Macho Man on commentary, he's saying, "Look, you know, it's not a small guy that Bam Bam's got on his shoulders right now. You know, he, yeah. Razor Ramon is not a small guy. And to credit for Bam Bam, he had him up there for ages, dude, ages." Um, you know, and it was it was a grueling match. This for both guys, yeah, really was um, a great match. I, you know, very, I thought it was a great. Match. It's a short match, but it's still a very good one. Um, and that's that's the thing. Uh, Bam Bam goes up to the top for a moonsault. Razor, you know, uses a sort of a, a one arm sort of power bomb. You know, he could have probably razor's edged him. You know, yeah, yeah, he hits him with a power bomb and. And sort of rolls him up after straight into that from that power bomb and gets a free count, and it's a good, yeah it's a good match from two big guys and I really enjoyed it. it. Again, like a lot of these King of the Ring matches, especially the first round, they're not very long, but I'm not arguing with it. Pretty good, man. Yeah. Um, and I would Im- I would implore people as well go go and watch. Go and watch Bam Bam Bigelow every match you can of Bam Bam Bigelow because there's very few matches, if any, that you would watch Bam Bam Bigelow and they'll be disappointing, especially the matches in ECW. I'm telling you now, the matches Bam Bam had in ECW, he tore the fucking roof off, man. He had matches with RVD, which were insane. Um you know, they, they tore the roof, he tore the roof off most places, you know, and in ECW especially, you know, great stuff. It was a little disappointing the stuff they had him doing uh in was it WCW at some point? 
it was a bit. Oh, he became a hardcore wrestler in those. Yeah, like he did work with Goldberg a little bit. Yeah. Um, but but Bam Bam for us, as big men go, as as wrestlers go in general, we yeah. he's up here. We'd love a bit of Bam Bam. Uh, Toddy P, Mr. Pettingill, you know our our chief interviewer for the evening is with uh is with IRS and Mabel, and it's not a great night for IRS on his on the mic. He sort of stumbles over his lines here. It's I mean it's funny, but you know not that funny. And uh, Mabel showing showing some serious fire and charisma. It is M to the A to the B E L. Yeah, I've got I've literally got that written as well. M to the A to the B E L. That is it, quality. Mabel, I mean, this guy, dude, it was absolutely ginormous. I mean, yeah, Mabel was a fucking unit, dude. Um, you know, and he, he would be blown up pretty early um in most matches, but I mean Going into it, obviously, Mabel, I think, would be the favourite. But um, IRS, for me, um, Mike Rotunda, or Father of the Fiend. As father we of the Fiend, I've got that written down. He's the father yeah, of the he, fiend. he's the Father of the Fiend. Um, he, for me, is, and it might be a slightly hot take, but Erwin R. Shyster, um, Mike Rotunda, for me, is one of the best technical workers that the business has ever seen. Um, this is what I've got here on my notes as well. It's He's a brilliant worker, excellent in the ring. It's just, you know, they gave him a live mic and he sort of, I think he got lost. It was, um, I liked the idea of it. I liked the idea that IRS didn't have any music and he would just come down to the to the ring just talking to the peons in 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 attendance, saying, "Look at all you tax cheats! Yeah, you tax evaders, get yourself a job, you tax cheats! I'm coming, you know. Everybody's got to pay their fair share and all this, you know." And he was a bastard. He was an absolute bastard. But that was the character. Um, and <laughs> I think, as as characters go, IRS was one of the greatest gimmicks as well. Great gimmick. And that's that's the take from Chris there. One, IRS, one of the greatest gimmicks. Uh, hit us up on at Chat Grapple Pops if you agree. Um, on Twitter I, 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 honestly, Mike Rotunda himself as a wrestler and the IRS gimmick is probably one of the most over, un, overlooked people in the business because he comes from a wrestling family. You know, he is basically spawned and spawned from some of the greatest in the business. Um, he's worked backstage with a lot of guys, but him himself um, in the ring was absolutely fantastic. Name someone else with a better elbow drop than IRS, right? Just a straight elbow drop. Just a straight That's elbow it. drop. Technically, you That's can't it. get better. Can't get better. Dusty. Who? Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes had a good one, but you know, <laughs> but he wasn't overlooked for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, te technically, the way IRS swung that leg and dropped that elbow, um, you know, just a standing leg drop, uh, elbow drop. It, for me, when I was in the ring, 
I used to drop, try and drop an elbow like IRS. I know it sounds shit and like a bit like what IRS fucking watch him, watch him in the ring. Technically, he's great. Mabel comes to the ring with Oscar. Oscar is doing the rapping for him. Um, <laughs> Who's that guy in the white? <laughs> Who's yeah, that guy in the white suit? Is uh, Oscar he doesn't have a clue in this, does he? <laughs> it's so good. Um, now, yeah, you're right. IRS hits a brilliant clothesline in this. You know, shows his real technical ability. Beautiful. Mabel rolls up IRS for possibly the biggest small package in wrestling history. A big package. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering who the fuck called that spot. You know, did IRS go small? Fuck it, small package, small package. Yeah. <laughs> because it's massive. It's a massive package. <laughs> Go back and, and check that out. Him um, trying to kick out of it as well was just insane. Oh, I, like, I thought he wasn't going to kick out. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it looked like he had him beat. Like if he wanted to shoot on him and just hold him there, there's no way out of it. <clears throat> um, Mabel makes the same mistake as Bam Bam Bigelow did earlier on, and uh, IRS knocks him off a turnbuckle and uh, and gets and gets the win using ropes as well another an extra healy move um by using the ropes to uh move on to the next round and Dude, he- it was the worst pin i've ever seen it was it was absolutely terrible if you it was literally mabel lying on his back doing that right mm-hmm. irs had no force on him at all he had one of his legs up but then you could see Mabel just lying down, just like shaking like this. It was absolutely terrible, honestly. It, yeah. it was such a poor pin, but IRS gets through. Good stuff. IRS does move on. He will take on Razor in the... If, I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the bracket that we've got in front of us. Um, it will be Razor and IRS in the semifinals. Um, Coliseum video quickly jump in with uh, Mr. Fuji, the American spokesperson, Jim Cornette, Yokozuna and Crush. Um, they want the tag team titles. That's it, basically. That was very quick. You know, it's it was almost pointless. <laughs> but it was, yeah, you know, it's just um, giving giving a little bit of air time to Cornette and Fuji. Yeah. You know, Crush looked like he didn't want to be there. Um, he was looking forlorn. Um, just sitting there in the shadows. Yeah. I mean, Yoko was huge, wasn't he? Yoko is is big. Um, big, man. He does look a bit smaller at WrestleMania 11, if I'm honest. So maybe. Yeah, I think he slimmed down because, I mean, WrestleMania 11, was that when he, him and, uh, oh, he was Owen Hart's. Owen team up, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean, for me, one of the greatest tag teams that were never really uh, acknowledged as being one of the greatest tag teams. Yeah. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Tournament match number three, Tatanka, um, Native American, you know, super, Superman, I guess, uh, takes on the rocket Owen Hart with possibly the best music of the night. Of course. I'm sure you'll agree. What great music yeah. he's got. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll t- tell you what, dude, for me, this was one of my favourite matches on the card, this. Great match. It's really good. Um, really good match. It's it's made it's the point made that Owen is going to try and emulate Brett because you know brother Brett had won the King of the Ring the year before and had gone on to WrestleMania 
to win the WWF title. So it, you know, they felt like it was, you know, Owen could be, you know, the, could be the next guy, you know, and, you know, his. And Owen, Owen had had a great match with Brett at um, WrestleMania 10. Uh, an incredible match, something that gets overlooked purely because there's a ladder match in this, in that show later on, but pure wrestling. That is, that is a thing of beauty. Um, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get around to looking at that properly when we get, uh, you know, later down the line. But yeah, that match for me is one of the best matches, you know, of right. the nineties. Yeah. hundred percent. Tatanka heelishly jumps Owen before the bell. Yes, he does. And it doesn't make sense because Tatanka, um, you know, he's got a high, high tassel count. So you'd think Very that, you know, so, so, you know, his, his face, he should be a face, you know, he but he comes with the that heat face. stuff. Yeah. But Owen has his fans tonight. There's a lot of fans cheering for Owen. Um, really nice. Like they're wrestling, these two. They're, there's a really nice sequence where Owen throws Tatanka over the top. Tatanka just lands on his feet. And it's great stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. I, um, also, another guy that is extremely overlooked for for not for being a good worker, and that's Tatanka. Tatanka, when he came in to the WWF, he his unbeaten streak was real long, dude. He he went unbeaten for a very very long time. Yeah, they they sacrificed him to Ludwig Borger, though, didn't they? I know. <laughs> Fucking they 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 sold him out to Borger and. Well, I think we've spoken about it on this show as well. Ludwig Borger, look at the guy's life and the guy's history. He's had one. He's a crazy individual, man. Absolutely crazy individual. Um, but yes, they sold out Tatanka to Ludwig Borger. Yeah. But Tatanka was, um, he was very, very gifted in the ring. Good worker. Great look. Absolutely ripped. Even the gimmick, the gimmick did well. You know, it's fantastic. It, it goes, yeah. It was, but it wasn't cultural appropriation, was it? Because he was actually Native American. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not 100 sure. On Don't that. tell me he was just fucking Mexican, and they've just <laughs> <laughs> they've just fucking shaved well, your head. I think his name's Chris. I don't think he was Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was a great gimmick. It really was. Tatanka was a great gimmick. Um, we. We skip on. We get onto a double feature, uh, two another another bit of a picture in picture thing because Razor and IRS are already having a go in the back. They're already you see Razor throwing a punch and IRS is trying to get in there because they've already feuded. Yeah, they'd already yeah. feud before because obviously we like we were talking about IRS had um, taken Razor Ramon's gold, all his chains. Um, now here's where I noticed the. Like a lot of cheers for Owen, the missile drop kick. Yes, I've got that. Excellent. Yeah. Owen gets on top um of Tatanka with that, and he's got a nice missile drop kick off the top, yeah. close two count. Um, but there is a, a three close two counts from Tatanka as well. Yeah. Uh, Owen kicks out. It's a um, really nice back and forth match. Really that good, really good there. match. Yeah. Really enjoyed it, man. It's it's up there on the show itself, it's really, it's really good. And I would, yeah, definitely. That would be the one to keep your eye out for if you're going to go back and watch it. But there is a huge pop for three for Owen's three count. The Rocket gets the win. And he gets it in a kind of Healy way as well. Because, yeah. you know, um, he um, Tatanka does a move that was invented by our friend uh, Sunset Skip. 
the inventor of the sunset flip. Yeah. Shout out to Sunset Skip. Um, you know, he goes for the sunset flip, but then Owen just leans back, grabs his legs and pulls him and just sits on him, gets the free count. And that's it's kind almost, of almost he, like how he beat Brett. Yeah, I, yes, it yeah. was. It was. All my, that's right. Um, great, great win. And like you say, good pop. Todd, Toddy P, our man, Mr. Pettengill, uh, with Diesel and Shawn Michaels. It's not a great interview. I'll, I will say that it's one of the one of the worst ones in the show. Um, they talk about the jackknife and how Diesel's going to be champ. Michaels, I mean, they're both playing heel, but Michaels is playing even more of a heel by jumping into in front of Pettengill and Diesel and just talking over them. And it's it's almost like it's almost like the seeds of a breakup, which is I mean, still quite a bit away, isn't it? There's still a fair amount away, but I think that was just fucking Shawn Michaels having to get like quite possibly Shawn having just to get the to get the limelight, man. Like he just takes over, you know. And even like I say, we'll talk. There's a Coliseum exclusive um, right at the end of this show as well. But you know, it's just Shawn being Shawn, just getting involved. You know, they show in the in the 30 minute pre-show they show the jackknife on King's Court where. Um, you know, and Brett says, you know, oh, that, that really hurt and all that. Is this something oh, that yeah. really? Brett brings it up in in his interview. He sells later it later on. Yeah, it's really that one's a lot better than this one that we've just seen. And um, yeah, it's, it's like I said, it wasn't it wasn't my favorite interview of the night. It's just it's pretty poor. It's like jackknife. You know, okay, cool. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's let's get on to our next match, which is uh, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. You know, man from Music City. Um, against Ain't he great? One, two, three kid, and I again I like this match, but it just was so short. I really enjoyed it as well. I thought it was. I mean, you can't. A lot of people say, you know, they chat shit about Jeff Jarrett, but at uh, this does. time in 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 W, he was he was a fucking great heel, dude. You you know. He no one was hated like Double J. You know, well, he was. If you remember, I had that controversial take from WrestleMania 11 that Jarrett could well have had a run as WWF champion. Easily he was that hated, and yeah, could, and could work. So he was a little on the smaller side, but you know that's where they were going in this sort of era. It, you know that. Yeah, the strut. A heel, Jarrett. You know, been, could have been our champion. Love it, dude. And but you could, like you say, you need those extremes of the, you know, of, of the characters. You need them, them faces, and you need the guys that people just think this guy is a fucking dickhead. Like yeah. you need, you need those guys, and those guys make fantastic heel champions. Um, this is why I think MJF still it gets in my goat that they didn't give MJF a, a, a heel title run in AEW because, like you're saying, you know, Double J at this time he could have had a great heel run as champion, really could have. It's uh, yeah, it like I said, this match is so short. Like it, it sort of bugged me because it could have gone on, could have gone had a few more minutes. It was you know. Jeff Jarrett has takes charge pretty early, but the kid's got some got some of those good kicks. I remember uh, someone telling me about their kicks last week. You know, a, a finger breaker. I, got, I, got, I, I last week, yeah, I I inadvertently on purpose called um, 
Max, not the Hulk Hogan, a punk bitch for putting his hands up when I did the uh, one, two, three kid spinning back kick on him. And he called me up and I went, hello, mate. And then all I heard was punk bitch. <laughs> you called me a punk bitch. So, yeah, apologies, Max, not the Hulk Hogan. Um, he was saying I didn't jump high enough, which is probably correct. Um, and I got him in the bread basket rather than true, the uh, true chest. heel wouldn't apologise, Chris. You know that. That's right. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm look at this face. I'm too likable to be a heel. Look at this man. Come on. I could have been uber the face, the man. MJF. Come on, son. Shit. Here I was thinking we were going to book a match between you know Hogan and Dread, and you know you've it's, it could happen. It could happen. Actually, fuck that punk bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love him. I love him too much. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was just funny because uh, I was doing the old one, two, three kid spinning back kick. And as you say, I mean, one, two, three kid. I mean, how old was he at this point? I mean, he looked young, but he was and he was fairly young. You know, he was trained uh, by Killer Kowalski, I think, possibly. Um, who actually trained Triple H as well. I think China, um, you know, trained a few of the guys there. Um, Kowalski is not our favourite trainer. Obviously, there is a trainer out there who is, you know, the trainer of all trainers. It is the shout-out time. It is for our good friend, Limo Rickshaw, out in Tijuana. That's right. (laughs) And a week out there with Limo, you know, that's... Honestly, you know what happens. You, you know, the, that's the most gruelling training you'll ever go through with Limo Rickshaw yeah. in Tijuana. But, I mean, even Dusty Rose says, you know, he, he's good at what he does. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Our weekly mention of Limo Rickshaw. <laughs> Got to give him a shout out. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, this match is so quick, it doesn't get going. But it is, it's fun. To, it's quick fun. It's a small package. You know, it's not the Mabel massive package. It's a small package for, for a surprise three count. Um, Double J does get his heat back though uh, he pile drives Kid and he beats him down and Kid's helped to the back and they're trying to sell that he's seriously hurt from this pile driver and stuff which is fair enough you know Jarrett needed to get his heat back off of that because that match was so quick it was just never gonna you couldn't sell something like that of him just wandering off no it's you know and he, he, even as he's wandering off um, you know, he's muttering to himself and you can see that when the camera's on him, he's like, I won the match. I won the match. You know, great stuff. <laughs> we get one of those new generation promos um, talking about the old and the new, like we said earlier with, I think uh, the old bit has Hogan and Andre and Iron Sheik and <clears throat> was it Bruno maybe, San Martino? Bruno San Martino, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah. And, um, and the new generation has got like, you know, and stuff like that. It's it's very much a knock on what's going on over in Atlanta, which is fine. You know, this was when, when taking the mick out of each other's companies was fun and not yeah. just weird and like offensive. I mean, you you would have the um, the huckster and the nacho man oh, yeah. uh, promos a, a, a year or so. Yeah, scheme scheme gene. Um, you know, Ted. Uh, the Nacho Man, you know, the Huckster. Great, great stuff. 
great, great you know i really enjoyed I, those promo those those vignettes still stick in my mind you know when the 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 new generation you know and they had those those promos taking the piss out of wcw and that you know it's yeah. good really good stuff great um, our favorite interviewer todd todd pettingill toddy p is with brett um brett hart does not know if he can kick out of the jackknife that's that's the best selling point like Brett has just sold this match to everyone. He doesn't know himself if he can kick out of the jackknife powerbomb. And that's that's all you need. To sell Diesel as a credible threat to this championship. It, but it's really annoying as well, though, because I mean this is it really annoys me when people go on about Brett Brett and they call him fucking sour grapes and all this kind of shit. Because dude. Like, Brett was just a straight-up guy, man. I mean, when he was doing business, he was doing business, man. He it was fucking... Time, it is that time of year. It is, you know, it's November, so it is, you know, the... You know, so many years since the screw job. What are we at now? 23, something like that? 23 I years mean, since the screw job. I was at work the other day, and I was thinking, shall I just put... I, I actually put on um, the Montreal Survivor Series 96, um, I, I've got it on the network um, like 10, 20 minutes through because I started watching it. I thought, because it was on the day. It was like the 6th of November or something, the 5th of yes. November, I think. Uh, yeah. And I was like, fuck, because I saw it come up on my feed. It was like, you know, 20 odd years today was the day of the screw job. And I thought, fuck it, man, I'm going to watch it today. And um, it's really weird watching it back because you had one of the Rougeos doing all the announcements in French. Yeah, it was in Montreal, isn't it? So yeah, it's, it was a really it, weird one. But um, you know, I if you are, think... if, as I said, like I said this on Twitter before, like if you're going to watch the screw job, you know, and you haven't made your mind up on whether it's a work or whether it's a shoot or whatever, before you do any of that, just watch Wrestling with Shadows. I still think Wrestling with Shadows was there to sell the work, dude. I'm telling you. Well, what is that's the... how you can make your opinion. Watch Wrestling with Shadows first. Watch Wrestling watch with Shadows. And see how you feel. Yes. Watch it because Wrestling with Shadows is literally around that time. Um, Brett with cameras backstage with the back and forth when he's going to WCW. He's, try, he's got the deal with Vince and Vince has said to him, yeah, well, you know, we'll give you this deal. They've signed the deal. You know, and then Vince comes back and goes, nah, fucking, you know, we can't give you that. You know, it is, I still think it was a work. I still think Wrestling With Shadows was selling. It, it was a way for Brett to lose the championship um, and, and still kind of keep some heat going into WCW. Vince would be seen as a massive prick. Um, but still build that kind of Mr. McMahon character up. It were, It's mutually beneficial for everybody because then Brett loses the title but says, oh, I lost it unfairly. So he still keeps that kind of, the people still think he's the man. Um, Vince still gets to keep the belt. He, do, he doesn't want another Medusa going somewhere and dumping the belt in a fucking dustbin. Um, it, it's a win-win, dude. And, and, and the classic... Brett screwed Brett promo will forever be notorious. You know, it Vince will. there with a black eye that wouldn't have necessarily come up that quickly because um, it was like the next day or whatever. Well, I, don't know. You I think know, it like, probably would have done. You know, it would have yeah. yeah, but I'm sure they, you know, hammed it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I personally still think it was a work or one of the greatest works that this business has ever seen. 
Oh, I'm still undecided. I just can't the quite shoot figure work, it out. Double cross or whatever fucking yeah. Cornette calls it. Like, if you hear Cornette talking about it as well, because he still to this day says that um, uh, it was his idea. And oh, he. Cornette's original idea was to get Shamrock in there. He said, put him in with Shamrock. He'll, he'll drop the title to Shamrock, no worries. Yeah. And you're probably right. Around 97. I don't think anyone's arguing with Ken. You know, if he if he right. wants to beat you, he's going to beat you. <laughs> That's it. But, and then in, and then when they when they went against that, and then he said that it was the shoot work double cross. Yeah. You know, and he, he he suggested that, and then you know apparently they went with it. But like I say, I I do still to this day still think it was a work, but one of the greatest works has ever ever been. That's not that's not for another three years yet. We're still in 1994. We're still in 94. <laughs> they they're gonna they're teasing who will be in Brett's corner because Brett there will be a family member in Brett's corner. Um, and that leads us to the next match: the Intercontinental Champion Diesel with Shawn Michaels taking on the WWF Champion Bret Hart, who comes out with Jim the Anvil. Nyad Hart gets a bit decent pop for Jim. Um, Jim had done a little bit of work in WCW. After he left WWF in '92, possibly, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, but yeah, it is champion versus champion, but it is not title for title. It's just Brett's title on the line. Um, they very smartly, you know, to start this match, they play to the strengths. You know, we're not going to see any arm drags from Diesel. You know, no, no there's no Hurricane Runners <laughs> from from Big Daddy Cool. Um, and I thought it was very, it was very quick. You know, Brett, you using using Brett, Brett's way, go straight for the knee. Yeah, I mean that was, um, you know, he even he Brett. said in the promo. Yeah. You know, he said I'm gonna, you know, Diesel might be tall and big, but you know, when I get in the ring with him, I will bring him down to my size. He will be, you know, I'll I'll drag him down to my size, and uh, that's what he does. You know, Diesel is the exception to the tassel count rule. There's always an exception to the rule. Diesel's tassel count is extremely high, all the way down the size of the trousers, but obviously he's not a baby face. Well, this is 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 funny because Diesel is only months away from becoming our WWF champion. And then he would turn face, wouldn't he, really? When When he goes... Against um, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he he, you know, he's up there. Obviously, getting Diesel ready for this spot as champion. He is a big guy. He's got tons of charisma. He did throw out a ton of people at the Rumble that year, and almost accidentally turned face by doing that. I think yeah. he chucked out Bob Backlund and got like a massive pop. <laughs> it's almost like the the Drew McIntyre pop for getting rid of Lesnar this year. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, you know, and they must have realised that they almost turned in by accident. But yeah, they they clearly build in Diesel as the next guy. So he does go um, in against Brett and Brett, you know, Brett's clearly in charge here. He's working the knee. There's a nice pop for a figure four. Shawn Michaels is doing his best to get noticed at ringside. It's almost like having a little, little, Chihuahua or a puppy, something that rings are just charging around. It's all you can see in the background on the hard camera. Yeah. It's just Michael's just everywhere buzzing. 
Yeah, he probably literally was buzzing as well. That's what I was, yeah, I was just about to almost <laughs> caught myself there. Yeah, he was, <laughs> um, he does, he, he does catch up, he does hit Brett. Anvil starts chasing him around the ring. Like, I thought that was quite funny because Anvil's doing everything he can to take shortcuts and dive. Yeah, he's through like sliding through, yeah, it's great, man. He's sliding through the corners. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it was funny. Um, on, on this VHS cover, if people are watching us on um, on YouTube, you can see this VHS cover. Um, Diesel kind of looks like that Oz character from WCW. You remember? That's one ways... of those matches we never saw. We never saw Oz and Diesel. We never saw Oz and Vinny Vegas. That's right. You know, Vinny Vegas, you said how much you liked him. Like, how right. he would have fared pretty well against Diesel. The, the size thing was pretty close. That's right. Like, but yeah, he's got that got that crazed look in his eye. Yes, it's crazy. No one shouting "Welcome to Oz" like every two seconds. <laughs> there's not a, there's not an old man with a monkey. Um, <laughs> that was that was Kevin Sullivan, you know. That was Kevin and Sullivan with a mask on. Any of our new listeners that has no idea what we're talking about, it is a review of an old WCW show where Oz makes his debut. Um, Good God, man! That was something. Go else. back in, go back in the archives and watch it. Um, one of our WCW shows. I can't remember which one it was. Was the um, the oh, debut of Oz? I think it was a Super Brawl or something. That was actually where Scott Hall met Kevin Nash. Uh, that that show. Possibly, yeah. I think they talk about it in a shoot interview. They said, "Where do you first meet?" And it was like it was the debut of Oz. Um. Because he was the diamond stud, wasn't he? He was the diamond stud, yeah. He was working at time. Uh, with Paige at the time, yeah. It was it was one of those ones where the VHS had loads of matches cut off. Yes, we did talk about this. Yeah, they did cut a lot of matches on that. Loads one. of matches off. Luckily, they don't cut any here because Coliseum Video are not Turner Entertainment. Fucking A, man. <laughs> um, Brett misses a plancher at ringside. Um HBK, Shawn Michaels with one of the with one of the like lamest bitch slaps I've ever seen. Where he just, oh, he just taps Brett's face. Yeah, it's fucking um, ridiculous. There's a really bad ref bump. It looks like they it almost looked it looked really choreographed. It looked really bad. Um yeah, ref bumps. Is it? I I I just I'm gonna get, just stick it out there. I think ref bumps are the worst. They have to be done correctly, dude. They have to be done correctly to you know, almost be as good. bad as Billy Silverman's one from last week, where <laughs> he was laying in the wrong position. Sting had to try and like tell him to shuffle over and oh, crazy. You know the the heat between Brett Hitman Hart and um, Shawn Michaels. A lot of people say that it was a lot of it was due down to Sonny as well. I mean, and not Later just the fact, be, yeah. You know, later on it might be what coming up ninety five, ninety six. But but um, you know, like as as greats go in the ring, I mean, Brett the Hitman Hart and Shawn Michaels are, are way up there, aren't they? Really? If only they could have got along. You know, it's it's fucking it's it's imagine. I mean, the matches they had together when they didn't really like each other. Imagine if they did get along and the matches they could have had. Well, that's it. I mean, they had that match at Survivor Series 92, which was excellent. Did they have an Iron Man match, wasn't it? 60 Man? 60 no, that minutes. was WrestleMania 12. That was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Survivor Series 92, they had the, they main evented, and that was excellent. Like, that was just a, 
a really good rest of the match. But yeah, um, Sean and Diesel devise a plan to expose a turnbuckle. Diesel ends up going into that turnbuckle. <laughs> um, yeah. Brett lays out Shawn Michaels and Shawn takes this ridiculous bump from the apron to the to the barricade. Like, it's crazy. It's, oh, it's stealing the limelight because once the, the turnbuckle gets removed and Diesel goes into it, okay, this is when Brett's going into his moveset and this is where the crowd's like, he's going to win it now because Brett does his fucking classic, you know, elbows off the, off the second. Well, he does the side rush and leg sweep. Then he does the, the elbows off the second. He does a couple of them. Then Bulldog off the top. Then he goes for the sharpshooter and then that's when Sean comes in. Well, um, this and whilst the referee's caught up in that Sean hits Brett with a belt Anvil loses his shit on this and decides to attack Diesel oh and, uh, yeah that's it that's a, that's your DQ um, so Diesel wins the match Brett retains um, Anvil just walks out because they were selling a little bit of a story here. Yeah. They were selling they were, after the fact. They were, you know, they said, look, they didn't know where Anvil was because Anvil basically stopped Brett from losing the title. Yeah. But then the fact that he disappears, they're like, okay, why did he wander off? And then there's a there's a little bit there's a Coliseum video exclusive again. Yeah, Brett looking for of Brett looking Anvil, for the Anvil. That's, and he's that's like, Anvil. On, yeah. Yeah, and he's like um, shouting. Savage, interestingly, calls Bret Hart the greatest of all time. He does. He, he yep, yeah, he does. He, he says, you know, he is the be- he's the greatest of all time. And coming from Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. um, an interesting you know, line. Yeah, you know, it's 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 great. Um, uh, Todd is with uh, Uncle Jerry or Jerry Lawler, if you like to call him. Um, has a few one-liners, calls them Baltimoreans and stuff like that. It's like yeah. Jerry being Jerry, it's not a great promo. You know, I will I don't I'm I don't just dog Jerry out every week, you know. I do have some nice things to say say about him later on, but it's yeah, it's not a great promo. Like Todd's been shafted here, I think. He's been given another <laughs> dead promo. Yeah, you you and Jerry Lawler, it's got nothing to do with WrestleMania. Um, when you absolutely when you nothing went to there. do with WrestleMania 24 in 2008 when he refused to sign something for me, nothing at all. Like, nothing I, to I don't do know with where that. you get this info from. I know it's got. I'm just saying, I just want to clear it up just in yeah. case you know people might be listening and you know might have heard that story before. Uncle but Jerry, yeah, um, him dogging out Jerry Lawler is nothing to do with that whatsoever. No, 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 it's um. Purely because you know the stuff he says in the nineties now is very, very off off color. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? There's, yeah. a, there's, um, you know, it's funny actually. A little, another little segue talking about um, uh, Jerry Lawler. Um, I was listening to uh, an Ivory shoot interview, right? And she's talking about the time when the cat. And that came in and all this kind of stuff. And basically the cat would end up marrying Jerry Lawler or not? I think, yeah, I think it was his wife. Yeah. Um, You know, and she was saying, you know, oh, magically, 
you know, she's in the year of all these people, Jerry Lawler and them, you know, next week this is happening and that's happening. And, you know, it happens. Yeah. You know, it happens. But um, Uncle Jerry, um, yeah, you know, especially when the cat and that kind of era of WWF, you know, he was just puppies was just constantly being spoken about. But it's a very, very interesting shoot interview, though. Um, Ivory. Very, very interesting. Very good. I love a shoot interview. you got to <laughs> love a shoot interview. We all do. Semi-final number one. Razor Ramon and Iris. They'd had a little bit of beef uh, backstage <clears throat> earlier on during, uh, during was it someone else's match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was in the, the Double J and the Kid match. Yeah, right Double now, J and Kid, yeah. Um, it's... Oh, sorry, no, Tatanka and Owen. It was during... It was Tatanka and Owen, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're beefing, they're still arguing, they're still... So their semi-finals up next. IRS again on the mic has a bit of a rough one. It's just it's just not worked out for him tonight. They, they should have stopped giving him the mic after the first match, but... <laughs> They insisted he carry on with it. He does take a heavy bump over the top rope. Like he goes flying. Um, Razor's using his tie, using Iris's tie. He should have... I think Randy says he thought it was a clip-on at one yeah. point. But again, this match just seems very short. Yeah. I mean, and it could have... Um, but I mean, you know... You know maybe they you know they just don't want to make them that long because the guys are having to go however many matches you know and before you know it there's a razor's edge it just feels like it came out of nowhere yeah it was very quick this match it is a razor's edge for the win i've not got much for this because it literally i just said back and forth and then out of nowhere razor's edge yeah and then they quickly skip on to brett looking for Anvil, shouting, like, where, you know, where is he, you know, shouting Jim. Mm. Yeah. And then we get Todd again. Todd is with nobody because they don't know where the one, two, three kid is. And um, I'm guessing they're sort of teasing that he might not show up for his match with Owen, which is semi-final number two, which is up next. Um, Owen comes out. One, two, three kid does make it out. Yeah, you know, they do. They do give him a couple of seconds before he before he comes out. But the baseball slide drop kick that Owen does before King get sorry Kid gets into the ring, brutal. Oh man, unbelievable. Yeah, like, and these two, for me, this is my this is my favorite match on the show. Great match. Really enjoyed it. Really, really good stuff going on. Mm. They're putting together some great wrestling, you know. Owen hits. Owen does a great show. splash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they thought they had a three count on a Northern Light suplex from from Kid on Owen, but Owen, almost to the split second, puts his foot on the rope. It is so, almost. It's really yeah. thin. I think it's really good. It's like, and. It's, yeah, it's a really good match. Again, not very, not very long, but you sort of notice here yeah, that there is a theme in the tournament matches. It's not like WrestleMania Four, where the tournament matches went on forever, and you you end up with a four, almost five hour show. It's, you know, it is the King of the Ring. It's like a little bit shorter. Like I'm pretty sure Brett's matches went longer in '93. Yeah, 
But yeah, that I mean that Northern Light Suplex in particular. You know, everyone thought it was three. You know, people cheering and celebrating. But Owen did put his foot on the rope at the perfect time. Beautiful. Got, there was... Go on. Yeah, the, the and then like there's this uh, the the power bomb counter. It looks like kids going up for a hurricane rana. Owen power bombs him, puts him in the sharpshooter. Yeah. And, yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, what a, what a really good match, really good fun. I would definitely go if you're going to skip stuff. Definitely don't skip that. I would say this this pay per view itself. It's a sleeper. Very, it's a really good one. It's a good one, dude. It's yeah. you know it's there's very little to skip through apart from maybe the fucking main event. Main but event, um, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but it, itself, I mean, it's really it was really enjoyable. Really, the whole tournament and and like you say, this was one of the one of the greatest matches. Uh, um, you know, on there, it's um, there's some good reversals and chain wrestling stuff. Um, some good two counts. Excuse me. <laughs> some good two counts. You know, some uh, some good stuff going on. Really, really, really good match. Really uh, worth a watch. Uh, there's Coliseum video with Roddy Piper. Roddy just says it's time to fight. You know, there's not a lot more. He does. He does sort of veer off on Jerry, but. Again, if you're going to skip anything, it's anything to do with Piper and Lawler. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't a good I mean, build. It wasn't. He was trying to be a bit of a comedian with it because he starts talking about if you watch the pre-show, um, you can see that um, Jerry Lawler bought out, and you might even remember it, guys. The scrawny kid who actually does an excellent impression of Rowdy Roddy Piper. Does this guy have a name? Because I couldn't, I couldn't, I, they don't know. I tried to, mean. no, I tried to find it as well and I couldn't find out. It, but the way he does the, the accent, the little laugh, um, he does a bloody good impression of, of Roddy Piper. Um, and he talks about, and even Roddy Piper, he says, that kid you got out, you know, he's done a really good job. I'd actually give him a job, um, you know, and he talks about there ain't no good kings or whatever. And then he talks about, Rodney King and Don King. Oh God, yeah. I know, and I was just like fucking itchnay on the fucking, you know. Not the Rodney uh, King, eh? Yeah. Yeah, you know, fucking El Piper. He couldn't help himself, man. Jesus, we always yeah. talk about this. Like Piper's always on that borderline of fucking. He was very. Yeah, he always shit. cuts it very fine, doesn't he? Like. Yeah. Which is you probably know, part he, of the appeal for some people. Yeah, I, I think, think he, he gets he so did close to the edge, but never quite jumps. Yeah. Off. That's right. I mean, to be honest, it wasn't a bad promo. It was all right. It was, you know, for me, I I watched it and I was like, actually, it was quite funny. And it was, you know, people hadn't seen Piper for a couple of years. He would later end up in WCW, though, wouldn't he? A few years after yes, this. Yes, he would. Uh, what was it? 90... 90... Seven, six, ninety six, ninety seven, ninety six. Yeah, <laughs> and he would have that fucking. <laughs> that team that would try and take on the uh the, oh, he had like the team of misfits basically well, he's, that he's, would... still, he's still got to have his Hollywood backlot brawl. Yeah. yeah so no, it would be yeah, nice, yeah. Good. Like, you know, that was a decent thing. But... Him and gold dust. Yeah. Um tag team titles are on the line next. It's Yokozuna and Crush with Mr. Fuji and our American spokesperson Jim Cornette. I love saying that. <laughs> 
<laughs> head shrinkers, uh, Samu and Fatu, who are with Arfa and Captain Lou Albano. That's a lot of people at ringside. A lot. And now this is funny for me because a lot of people, you know, talking about how great it is, you know, Roman Reigns taking on family. And long before we had the tribal chief, Roman Reigns take beating up his poor cousin, Jey Uso. We have Rikishi. Fatu. Yes. And his yes. cousin Yokozuna going yes. face to face, toe to toe in this match. But then with I his uncle Afa on the outside. Yeah. I've actually got, right, for this specific section, I pulled up the Samoan dynasty of pro wrestling. Okay. And you have got, you know, this is the beginning or the middle, basically, of where we are today with. You know, the Uzos, Jimmy Uzo, Jay Uzo, um, Roman Reigns, Rosie. You know, you had the Tonga Kid, Tama, Rikishi, Umaga was from that other generation. You yeah. know, you've got uh, Yokozuna, Black Pearl, Samu, Manu, you know, um, Sika and Afa, you know, were the original yeah, Samoans. You know, and you've got Peter Maivia, Rocky Johnson, Dwayne Johnson on that side. You know, this is, this is, you know, this is why I thought I, I, I paused it for a second just to write it down, like because it was, you know, you do realize that Yoko and Rikishi or, or Fatu in this, yeah, are cousins, and it's like, man, they're playing that out now as well. Yeah, like, dude. Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, like, but yeah, it was, and it was funny because you know Yoko's massive. He and, but Rikishi's not. Fatu is not a, you know, he's not a small guy. But, you know, Yoko just dwarfs him. I mean, Rikishi would get bigger in the later years, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, Fatu. But, I mean, um, as, 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 as um, contributions to the wrestling world, um, you know, the uh, Anoa'i family oh, has... It's crazy, dude. You know, Rodney, rest in peace, Rodney, a.k.a. Yokozuna. He actually died in the UK. He did, yeah. Um, died in the UK. Um, you know, very, very sad because I I actually believe that Yokozuna was one of the most gifted big men in the business as well. You know, what he could do. He was incredible. Even in this match, he was bloody good. He was, yeah, he was, he was doing bits in this match as well. Like, yeah. And they, they did the headbutt spot as well, which I thought was quite funny. Great. Um, because they, they hit Yoko with a double headbutt after no selling headbutts on the, like, themselves. And Yoko takes that bump through the middle rope, which he takes a couple of times in this. It, but it's a great bump that, that yeah. Yoko does, isn't it? That one through the middle rope. But um, also, Crush is actually born in Hawaii. Is that right? Brian Adams. Not sure if he was born there. I, mean, I swear on his Wikipedia it says. Okay, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. actually born in Hawaii. I, I, I actually thought it was just a work, you know. But on his wiki, on his wiki, it says he was. But maybe, you know, maybe he's just fucking edited that himself. <laughs> um, you know, but uh, it, yeah, it actually says on on there that he was born in Hawaii. So we're gonna run with that. Um, Fuji hits Fatu with a flag. He gives him a little jab in the back. Uh, to get involved now something that always pops the crowd is a yoko leg drop oh yeah because it's so it's a yeah it's a massive isn't it 
I don't know if I'd want to take that as 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 safe as it might oh, seem it looks, to it be. Looks fine. Looks fine. We. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think many people had a problem with it. I'm sure Hogan probably cried to Jack Tunney, but fucking dude. <laughs> Uh, fucking, of course he did. Of course, I mean Jack Tunney turns up in this as well. Great, he does. Yeah, a little, uh, little cameo from Jack Tunney. I love Lex- it. Lex Luger from out of nowhere turns up in this great outfit. Absolutely. Oh, dude, I've got that as well. <laughs> Do you know who he looks like? <laughs> a white, jacked up, Ico Pro winning. Um, Mr. Motivator. It's well, one of them. He doesn't even have a match on this show, but he wins the Ico Pro Award. That's right. <laughs> Otherwise, it might have been a difficult show. It might have been a tough one if Luger hadn't turned up. The only one, you know, who I thought was actually quite ripped on this show. Piper. Tatanka was okay. quite ripped. Piper oh. as well. Yep. See, I, I have Piper down a second place, but. Yep. 100% Piper was second Luger place. Is the winner, and he doesn't even work a match. <laughs> Incredible. He's right. fucking crazy. But that outfit he's wearing, it's like he's wearing, I mean, American viewers, you might not even know who uh, Mr. Motivator we've, we've, is. We've made another British reference here. It's <laughs> Mr. Motivator. Like, kudos to you on that one. But he's wearing like puffy white socks and Timberland boots with like, a long-legged singlet it's thing. incredible spandex, yeah. Oh, it is amazing. And the minute his shirt came off, you knew you knew that the Ico Pro Award was just... I was almost rushing out to give it to him there and then. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally now, like Luger Steiner, Luger Steiner. <laughs> now, before we, before we carry on with Lex Luger making his way to the ring, I have been asked by one of our... Loyalist of viewers and listeners, Cactus Matt. He asked me about you, Chris, in particular, and have you been taking your Ico Pro? Because you know you, you know we know you've been lifting the weights. I've been um, taking my vitamins, uh, saying my prayers, drinking my milk, um, and drinking the nourishment. And, uh, oh, <laughs> nourishment! He's not. You're not been on the Ico Pro. No, I it's. Pretty hard to get Ico Pro anymore. No, no, the Road Warriors showed us how to do it. Remember? Sorry, I need to watch that. I need to watch that uh, Road Warrior video again, where they make the Road Warrior shake and they now, give it to uh, Sean Mooney. I'm, I'm wondering if, if we could get that video to go viral of Chris drinking a, you know, Road Warrior shake. Oh, it's like <laughs> Hawk, like eating the raw eggs. And just it literally taking a whole egg and just literally just eating it. Straight in. You know, and animals like, are you eating raw eggs again? But no. <laughs> Crunching the shell. Savage. So, yeah, Lex, Lex comes out and just, just distracts Crush, really. And Fatu hits him with a thrust slash super kick. And maybe this is why Crush looked so forlorn earlier on because he was doing the job. Ah, uh, maybe yeah. Yeah. Um, it, if I'm honest, looking at looking back at this, it wouldn't have surprised me if they stuck the belts on Yoko and Crush because they were a bit of a unit together. You know, Crush was this like anti-American thing, and Yoko was the Japanese heel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> terrible, but um. 
yeah, Lex and Crush go at it as well in the ring after the match. Um, like I said, Luger wins this ICO Pro Awards for sure without even working a match. You know, that's how good he's getting at this. It's right. um, Todd, Todd Petting goes with Owen Hart. Um, Owen calls Brett a loser for losing his match tonight. Um, and he wishes Stu a happy Father's Day. Oh, it's so funny. It's a great little promo. Um, I, if you've not seen much of the mid '90s stuff, it's really it's not. I mean, in some ways, it's not difficult at all because we're selling it already. But it's just how great Owen Hart is in that pe- that time period of like '94 to '98, '99. Like he's just excellent, especially in '97 when he, you know, they start doing that Heart Foundation stuff, and he's like technically feuding with Bulldog as well. Like, there is no, there's no other way to just get you. Owen Hart is just excellent. Yeah, I mean, um, like his his heel is his heelish ways are just too funny to ignore. Great stuff. You no, know, he's even he's even heelishly wishing his dad a happy Father's Day, which it, is it, just it's just class. So good. It's really good. Uh, it is. It is our. It's not the main event. Sorry, it's the tournament final, King of the Ring final. Razor Ramon and Owen Hart. Um, this is the. I'm thinking it's the fifth time we've heard this incredible music of Owen Hart's. Yeah. Possibly the greatest theme music in all of wrestling. <laughs> um, he slaps Razor Ramon twice. He's, you know, it's a. It, it's an interesting match because looking at it, you were you sort of thinking Razor's going to get his time here. Yeah, it's um. To be honest, it was they were really selling it like it was going to be Razor's time because Art Donovan had picked yeah, Razor picked from the Razor. beginning. You know, they, um, they were very complimentary of him on commentary on Razor in particular. Saying, you know, he lost the Intercontinental title to Diesel. You know, winning the King of Ring would be a great boost. I mean, there's no there's no title shot on the line here either. It's not like an automatic, you know, winner of the King of the Ring gets the title shot. That would come the next year. Yeah, I mean, so. um, I, I, I think they were they were building up Razor uh, as well for 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 title runs. Um you know, he, I mean, how long had Razor been in the company? I mean, Ra- Razor Ramon yeah. and, and, and Diesel, those two guys, uh, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, I think did made the, the, the biggest impact in WWF. And they were only there for a very, very short time, really, um, both of them. Ray, Razor joined in 92. And, and he was all, gone. These would come in '93, and yet they'd both be gone in '96. You know, so for guys that were there like three years, yeah. I mean, how big an impact did they really make in in, in WWF history? You know, you've really got to give it to them, whether whether you love them or you hate them. Um, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, they really did make an impact. In, in, in WWF in well, a very, very short time. I mean, Razor, Razor plays his part in, in ladder matches and stuff, and Diesel does have a run as champion. I have a question. 
and I'm sorry, I've written this down, like because we're talking about Razor. Did Shawn Michaels have a ladder match with himself, or did you know, or are, are people overlooking Razor on that? Oh, they're hundred percent overlooking Razor on that. Yeah. You can't, you can't have a, you can't. I mean, people do joke and said, you know, Shawn had a match with a ladder, um, yeah. and he was just there, but it's not you know, we talk about. yeah, it, it's something we 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 kind of glossed over, but yeah, you, I mean, you fucking hell, man. You know, Razor Ramon is a great worker, you yeah. know, and he he worked. It's a dance, you know, it's a dance. And Shawn, I think because Shawn Michaels is so, let's just say, overly dramatic about things, right? He's the king of the oversell. Um, it may at times seem like he's wrestling himself. Yeah. Um, you know, but that it, but he is that damn good that he probably could wrestle himself and, and it'll be, you know, I'd probably buy it. Um, but you know, it's it, it you do overlook people do overlook the fact they that Rafa Ramon was involved and that he was he was great, you know, he really he was he was great too. Really was. There's a there's an absolutely beautiful choke slam in this in this match. You know, Razor would use the choke slam from time to time, and he uses it on Owen, and it's, it's so damn good. Yeah. But again, this match very short. Really good match, um, but very short. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, Jim the Anvil would make his way to the ring, make his way to the ring, and he would. I mean, I don't think it's a double cross because you sort of expected him to help family. But he does come out, he does lay out Razor with a big clothesline. And again, I'm not seeing it as a as a as a heel turn or anything because it's it's technically family. Yeah, I think they were they were then implying that he only he only helped after this, they and the fact that he disappeared, yeah. they were selling, yes. they were saying, well. He only kept the belt on Brett, so then Owen could then beat Brett for the title. Yeah, because one big flying elbow later, and we have our king. They, uh, they then, you know, he, Owen Hart is the winner. He is our new king of the ring. That him and Anvil then hit Razor with the heart attack. Yeah, that Brett and Anvil would use in the nineties. That was another. That was another calling card that actually said it was a double cross on Brett, though, because yeah. he did leave Brett to get beaten up, bro. He just left him. He yeah. let him ke- keep the title, and then he fucked off and let him get battered. And we uh, we get to the coronation of our new king um, with Todd Pettengill, and at the side, like we said earlier, Jack Tunney is there. Um, He's probably fielding well, complaints from Hulk Hogan whilst he's there. So he's probably on the phone to him. Is um, there, did you did you miss that? There was some "We Want Brett" chance. There was when Owen and Anvil were giving Razor the heart attack. But then Ray Rougeau before the um, coronation, Ray Rougeau is with Brett the Hitman Hart backstage. Brett is disappointed. Yes. Yes, and he says he says, "Look, we've got we've got a new king, and it's your brother Owen." And he just says, "I've got absolutely nothing to say. I'm in shock. No comment." And it's just, this is, for me, the best coronation of a king in the ring. It's it, hilarious. In the ring. It's fucking I, amazing. I love it. Every second of it. 
Owen, every second of it. Owen wants his respect. He uh, he decides he want he doesn't want Jack Tunney to present the crown. He wants Anvil to present the crown. Um, yep. He makes Todd Pettengill get down on one knee. <laughs> I, I was a little bit confused as to where that was going. <laughs> He's, he's like, it's, it's just so good. He's like, I don't want this. I don't want Jack Tunney. Like, the way he does it is just so amazing. He's just like, I've just won the King of the Ring. You will fucking do what I tell you. And he's just like, get down on one knee, Pettengill. It's get down he, on your knees. He gets rid of the rocket gimmick and he, he will be now known as the King of Hearts, which yeah. goes, which character which takes him, you know, stays with him. Dude. It's he's the King of Hearts, he's the, you know, he would be the sl- two-time Slammy Award winner. Even though he stole one of them. It, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's so good. Like, he's there and he's like, my first proclamation of King as I will now be known as Owen Hart, the King of Hearts. And it's like, yeah. like you say, it is like the the evolution of the character, you know. And, and, and let's not forget... Um, Jim the Anvil Neidhart and uh, Owen Hart were like high energy, weren't they? Uh, new Foundation. That, no, New Foundation. Sorry, high energy was uh, Coco Beware and uh, oh, Owen yeah. Hart, weren't it? Yeah, high energy. Oh, Lord. High energy, bruv. Um, not forget. Let's not forget high energy. And, you know, Owen would take this to a, to a title match at SummerSlam. He would go, him and Brett would go in a cage for 30 plus minutes in a you know very different cage match still excellent like by all means but yeah it, it carried on the, the the family feud you know then I mean they were it's yeah you're right it's the evolution of a character who's no longer going to be the rocket he's you know he's the king and uh again even even being a heel he's still being hilarious Loved it. I, it. For me, I was absolutely cr- cracking up. Every time I watch this, I love it. It is just, it is, it, he knows how to work the crowd. He knows how to do it. You know, even him there, his face when he's got the crown on, he's just, you know, he grabs a set and, you know, anvil as well when he's putting the crown. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's amazing stuff. That is how you work. That is how, you know, 90% of the work ain't done in the ring. I, you know? I really wish that we could say that that was the end of our show and that we could you know, talk about it next week and stuff. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the main event. Which, no. you know, is annoying because much like when we had to take our medicine with Hogan and Warrior 2 last week, um, we've got some pretty vile medicine to take now in this main event. It's Jerry Lawn and Roddy Piper. Need a lot of sugar to make this medicine go down. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Um, <laughs> Lawler comes out and cuts a pretty shit promo. Um, again, uh, Baltimore runs again. I remember that one. He talks about the brats in the children's hospital because oh, Piper yeah. was going to be, would be um, donating his donate money. His money, yeah. They're still a yeah. thing to the, to the children's hospital in Toronto. Uh uh, Pipe, there is a big pop for Piper, you know. He is he is a big star. He is a movie star, you know. He talks about they live and stuff like that in his promo. From Glasgow, Scotland. He's billed from. I'm not having that. Yeah, they. Everyone knows he's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, the bagpipes <laughs> come out for him. Uh, 
he brings out the impressionist from Raw. Uh, they say, you know, they come here to, you know, what is it? Kick off. He's uh, come here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum, man. Yeah. Now, this is why I say Piper is pretty jacked here. He's, he's, you know, he, for me, is second place. It's not, it's not close, but. No, no, he is definitely second place though. He's absolutely ripped. I've got, I've got it here. You know, Piper is ripped, absolutely ripped. You know, it, and it's not often you're going to say Roddy Piper wins second place in the ICO Pro Award, you know, competition. Yeah. Sadly, he came up against Lex Luger, who didn't even work at work the show. Just turned up for a minute. Didn't even <laughs> break a sweat, and he still walked home with the award. You know yeah. what I mean? That's that's Luger. Skill. Yeah. That's skill, mate. Uh, this should not have been anywhere near the main event. The this is something that I mean. I took a quick listen to our main our main podcasting pals over at uh, something to wrestle with uh, with uh, with Bruce and Conrad, and they talk about this show in particular. And despite all the talk of the new generation, this is the oldest main event in pay-per-view, WWF pay-per-view history with Piper being 40 and Lawler being 44. Um, again, if they're pushing new generation, this should have gone on in the middle of the show. If they're pushing new generation, 100% they should have had King Owen yeah. um, be we the get, end of the show. understand completely why Brett and Diesel did not go on last because they had a story to tell. Yeah. But yeah, Owen and Razor could have gone on last. They should have gone on longer because this match felt like it was a bit of a forever match. Um, Piper is in control for a lot of this. He takes, he, you know, gives King a good beat down. Um, Lola keeps going after our no named young, young friend at ringside. Um, again, the impressionist. That's all I've got. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we, we do. Rip on Jerry quite a bit, but his punch is very good. Oh, and his pile driver, phenomenal. Uh, he does hit the pile driver. It's a two count. It's I've got here again. It's a, such an awful main event. I've I've tuned out. Yeah, I mean, there's another dog shit ref bump yeah, as a well. Second ref bump, you know, another ref bump here, like for the night. Lawler pulls something out of his trunks. It's not his penis, thank God. <laughs> it's a knuckle, brass knuckle type deal. Um, and this is the thing, he doesn't even like Piper doesn't even put the sleeper on him. It's a back suplex with a pin and it's a terrible uh, yeah, terrible pin. Exact word I've got. We don't even compare notes, but the, the word I've got after back suplex with a pin for the win, terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. It was really bad, you know. It, what if when you watch it back as well, it was just like a really slow three count and a really terrible. There's nothing worse than when wrestling looks fake. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's fun. Yeah. Like you know, it's fucking when you could just looking at it and you're just waiting. It's like the classic thing in in one of you know you can watch it, look at your watch, have a bit of popcorn, read a newspaper, and he's still at two. You know, and it's um. Just a really long free count. Terrible kicking the legs up. Fuck off. Mabel Mabel on the shell again, isn't it? It was terrible, man. Really bad. Roddy Piper wins. It's it's not great. It's um, it's it's a wet fart of a match. 
Um, Gorilla and Gorilla and Co sign off for the night. You know, goodbye everybody. But after that, Coliseum video dives straight into Shawn Michael and Diesel's locker room, and uh, you've got Shawn giving Big Daddy Cool a pep talk of some sort. Um, you know, saying we'll get him next time. Blah blah blah. You know, it's. And but then, again, he has to chuck in the fact, oh, you've got a big future ahead of you as long as you're with the heartbreak kid. Oh, God, yeah. It's, uh, sorry, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty lame duck ending to a decent show. Yeah. And that's a shame. But, like I said, a pretty good show for something that's probably forgotten about as this, as this like, part of, you know, wrestling can be the mid 90s isn't always seen as a good era yeah this is a good show and i give i give everyone like sort of credit for sticking this one out there and going for it like especially you know owen in particular is brilliant all night long razor puts in a shift you know even the guys who only work one match like bam bam you know gave it their efforts it was yeah i really enjoyed it until the main event yeah no it's the same same you know, it was one of them ones where, you know, they're just, I don't know, like you say, they were talking about, you know, new generation and then they bring him back Piper and they've got him and Lawler. Yeah, Piper and Lawler, yeah. So. A bit meh. And that's, uh, that's King of the Ring 94. So I would definitely recommend people go and watch it. It's not like some of the other ones where, like, sold out 97, where, you know, you sort of, I'm in an iron whether to tell people to watch it or not. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely check this one out. It was good fun, and I really enjoyed it. And we move on to next week. That's right. Because we've already decided what we're going to watch next week. Um, we're staying in the mid early to mid nineties, and it's a uh, something that lines up with the time. It's uh, it's a Starcade. That's right. Uh, Starcade ninety three. We're going to watch that. So people. You know, I know some people watch it beforehand as well. And like, you know, by all means, let us know what you think. Let us know if you enjoy it or not. We definitely thank you for staying on, staying up, staying awake or listening to us in parts as a lot of people do. I'm pretty sure two hours of us in one go is pretty rough. That's right. But yeah, like we said beforehand at the beginning, we thank everyone for listening, watching, commenting, liking, hitting us up on any sort of messenger service you can find. Our DMs are always open. By all means, chat to us. We always, we always answer. We're not, we're not superstars. We're not, we're not too big headed that we don't answer any messages. No, man, we'll hit you back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's it. I, unless there's anything else to add apart from, you know, as always, being safe and supporting your local businesses. There's a lot of lot of a lot of like terrible times around for people. There's a lot of um, a lot of businesses struggling out there. So support your small businesses, people. I, it's yeah. something that we're quite passionate about. That's right. And subscribe to your local podcast, Chat Grappling and Cheap Pops podcast. Give Hit them, the touch our bells. Yeah. Give them, give them the rub. Touch the That's bell. That's right. And that's about it, man. Great pay-per-view. Watch it back. I we'll did, be back. I did, get, I did get there to put this hat on before uh, before the show started. Um, I am doing it now. Um, 
it's something that my son made in school so i said i'd put it on for a brief second beautiful yes yeah, that's what do. life's about baby yeah um and there we go that's it we'll see you we'll see everyone next week remember subscribe it's free we love you for doing it we love you for liking we love all the comments even if you don't like it hit hit the dislike button i don't care yeah man <laughs> fuck it mess with our ratios and uh yeah that's it we'll uh, see you next week thank you very much as always thank you chris for you know staying up late a little bit late he's a uh, same he's brother no no love it man love it absolutely love it i can't wait for um i can't wait for the wcw show next week as well oh it's gonna be a good one for sure yeah, yeah man and like i said thank you everyone for still still watching still listening you know where to find us we'll see you next week take care everyone thanks guys